Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Tyler Johnson. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a return listener, I'd be grateful for your rating or review. And if you dig this episode, give us a like or share. And now, whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode is the founder of Live Yes And, sharing his interactive and inspiring message of purpose, authenticity, and collaboration with audiences and companies across the United States. He is currently the leadership and team dynamics coach for the United States men's national soccer team. He has also worked with in his career Georgia football, the Chicago Cubs, Miami Marlins, Cincinnati Reds, New York Yankees. He's also the author of three words of getting unstuck, live, yes, and welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Travis Thomas. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tyler. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And I I love that it's the Elevate podcast and you're in Colorado. So, I mean, so many, you know, multiple layers of meaning with Elevate. I love it. Yeah, we got, got a lot of analogies of climbing life's, <laughs> life's mountains and, uh, you know, you're not at the top very long, even when you hike, right? Yeah. Uh, so, well, excited to have you on. Uh, first, I wanted, if you could just kind of share with our guests a, a little bit of your career path and how you got into leadership and performance training and, and development. Yeah, I'll try to keep that short because I don't want the whole podcast to be like how, how I got into this because it's, it's been sort of a, a fun, interesting roundabout way. Uh, and by fun, I mean scary, terrifying, and unknown. Uh, sure. uh, but uh, yeah, no, the, 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 the quick version is, you know, I grew, up in, I grew up in Michigan. I grew up in Flint, Michigan, uh, which is actually, despite everything you've heard about Flint, it's, it's an amazing sports town. Yeah. And so uh, sports, you know, were, uh, was a huge part of my life growing up, got a chance to play a lot of sports. I gravitated towards soccer as I got older, you know, played, uh, uh, played a little college soccer, um, uh, but then graduated, you know, got a chance to do some high school coaching for a couple of years back home in Michigan, um, got married young. My wife and I, we, we ended up moving to Boston um, and right. kind of took quote unquote professional jobs, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, but, and, and during that time, uh, there was an improvisational comedy theater in town. It's one of the first places we went uh, when we were uh, in town in Boston and they had just opened and we went to a show and I was blown away. I was like, wow, how do they do that? Right. You know, so sports, like my whole life was sports, but like, I loved comedy. I loved entertainment. And I was like, how do they, how do they make up all of that yeah. on the spot? Like what's that skill set? And so I, I signed up for a class and signing up for one class turned into six levels of classes, mm. which turned into auditioning for their touring company and making their touring company and, and working my way up to the main stage as a performer and teaching in their training center. And like, wow, like this whole new world of, of um, performance sort of opened up to me. And then fast forward a few years later, after performing there, I moved, moved to Florida, started a group with a couple of guys down here in Florida, kind of 04 um, doing improv on the side. I, I still have other jobs that, that, that are kind of paying the bills. Sure. And then that comes to an end and it's like, Oh shoot, what do I, you know, kind of, what do you, what do, what do I really want to do with my life? And I, and I loved coaching because of sports mm -hmm. and I loved this sort of improvisational approach to things and mindset. And, uh, so I, I did a deep dive into life coaching and executive coaching. Um, I also did a deep dive into debt um, uh, during this time and then throw in sort of the, uh, the real estate, you know, recession of, of the 08 and, yeah. uh, things were bleak and, and 
Um, but, but I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into coaching and, um, and public speaking and, and really over that time period to kind of where I am now, it, it just, from living at a boarding school and being a, a mentor to, to young, you know, to young people, to getting into corporate training and executive coaching and life coaching. And then my path took me to IMG Academy down here in Florida, where I was a leadership coach working with, you know, youth college and professional athletes on mindset and using a lot of these improv games and tools as a way to teach, you know, teamwork and mindset yeah. and, and um, uh, collaboration. And then I left, I left in, in 2015 to go off on my own and do my own thing uh, under the umbrella of live. Yes. And yes. And being the, the foundation of improvisation. Yeah. We can talk, we can talk more about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, since 2015, uh, you know, I've just, I, I, I consult a lot with professional and, and college uh, sports teams. Um, I, I work in youth sports. Uh, my, 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 my youngest son is a part of a club and I've been, working with their club. And then when I'm not doing that, I, I do a lot of corporate training and corporate speaking and keynote speaking on these ideas of, of mindset, team dynamics and culture. And mm -hmm. um, that, that's my focus. And I wrote a book back in 2016 called Three Words for Getting Unstuck, uh, Live Yes And. Mm -hmm. I sent that book cold to the head coach of the US men's national soccer team, Greg Berhalter, uh, with no expectation that A, he would get it, B, that he would read it, or C, that he would want to do anything with it after he read it. And uh, not only did he get it, not only did he read it, he read it and called me and said, hey, you know, are you interested in coming and, and doing some work with the national team? And so I've, I've been on staff with them since January of 2020. Cool. And here we are now qualified for the World Cup that's coming up in November in Qatar. And, and that's where our focus is right now. And so just that in a nutshell is what the journey has looked like. Awesome. Whether it's the national team or, or your son's team in, in kind of the last few years in kind of this post pandemic era that we're in, where have you seen the, the need for just, it feels like an accelerated need for mindfulness, leadership, personal development. I, somehow the pandemic all got us a little derailed or our tracks slowed up a little bit or a little rusty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think to the idea of getting derailed, right. The only thing that got derailed because of the pandemic is the illusion that uh, we were actually sort of in control of mm, things. Yeah. <laughs> the pandemic yeah. was just a big magnifying glass. It said, you think that you're controlling all these things. You think you're controlling your economy. You think you're controlling this global, um, uh, global interconnectivity. And you think that you think you're in control period. And what, what do you, how do you respond when I drop a pandemic on your lap? Yeah. And, and as someone who is a, a mental skills coach and, and working in this world, it's like, yeah, all it did was put a greater emphasis on these skills, which is no how, how do you deal with uncertainty? How do you deal with adversity? How do you take care of yourself and, and, you know, your own sort of, sort of mental care and mental fitness. And now you have to apply it to absolutely everything. And so we kind of took mental skills as, oh, that's the thing that elite athletes do. And it's like, no, this, this, this applies to everyone. And so to your point, when I'm working with say youth soccer players, you know, 10 and under yeah. 12 and under 14 under the, the skill set is no different than what I'm talking to, you know, professional players with, you know, maybe the language, the approach is different, but the, the skills are not any different. And I think that's why sports are such a great tool um, yeah. for, to help us prepare with the other uncertainties of life. No doubt. Live, 
Yes, and I want to talk a little bit more about that like you knew. Um, one of the favorite games I like to play with coaches and student athletes is the question game. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Just, I just like, a lot of fun, unlock some lessons. Um, but talk a little bit more about those three words. For those that maybe haven't read the book, we'll have the book linked up here. But uh, wh- why are those three words that can unlock our potential and yeah, absolutely. Well, p- press pause on the podcast. Go read the book, right? But no, just kidding. So, so the yes, yeah. So yes, and like I said, it's it's the foundation of improvisation. I didn't create this concept, right? It, in, in fact, it's actually it's hard to find who the original creator of yes and is from a mm. from a drama from an improvisational okay. standpoint. So, because I would love to give credit due to whoever <laughs> whoever gave up with it. Um, but anyone who's who's done any acting or has done any improvisation, the first thing you learn is this concept of yes and. And so all that means, Tyler, is is if you and I are performing together. Actually, Tyler, you and I can you can we we can do this right now. You didn't know right. you're on the spot. You ready? All right. So Let's Tyler, go. you and I are going to pretend that we have weekend plans, right? All right. So we're going to talk about our weekend plans, and so. Whatever you say to me before I respond to it, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to build off of whatever you said to me. And then whatever information I give back to you, you're going to say, oh, yes, and, and build off of the new information you gave to me. Does that make sense? So all we're doing is we're building off of each other's new information by saying yes, and building off of it. Make sense? Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. I'll give you the first line. Here we go, Tyler. I am so excited about the trip you planned this weekend. I can't wait. Yes, uh, yes, and. Uh, yes, and I'm so excited that we can go together. Yes, and the fact that uh, we're going mountain climbing, and I've, and I've never summited a mountain. Yes, and once we get down, we're going to have some of the greatest barbecue afterwards. Yes, and I heard that you just won a regional award for best barbecue. Yes, and that was kind of a generous award. I don't know. Yes, and I, I, I heard that your, your dad was the main judge, and that's why you won. Yes, I think it was his recipe handed down. So, you know, just like <laughs> we came down the mountain, he gave the recipe down. Yes, and I'm a vegetarian, so I'm really excited to see how this meatless option that you've come up with. Yes, and because the jackfruit we do is, is solid, so. <laughs> yes, and, and I heard that you grow your own jackfruit. Yes, at, high altitudes here in the mountain i don't know how we do it but it's yes yes and i hear it's because of that high altitude that it gives it a a a richness and a texture that no one else can can uh create yes and you know i can't argue with that (laughs) all right we'll end it right there yeah i i I did better than i thought i hung in there fantastic yeah so so all we did is right we co-created something together you know, one yes and at a time. Yeah. So improvisation, right? So you just improvise. I don't know if that's your first time improvising, but you, you did it. So, so congratulations. <laughs> so if, 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 if someone listening can yes and, yeah, you know how to improvise now. And that's, cool. that's what, it, so any improviser gets on stage, you and I have a, um, an agreement, whatever you say, I'm going to yes and you, whatever I say, you're going to yes and me. Whether we are actually saying the yes and, what we're doing mentally is listen and build, listen and build. You've got the ball, you throw it to me, it's an idea. I catch the idea, I accept it, and I throw you an idea back. Boom, 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 boom. So yes, in the world of improvisation is acceptance. I agree with your idea. I'm not gonna say, no, that's, no, that's a stupid idea. And now I've, con- I've completely killed the scene and I've, con- I've really 
killed the trust in our relationship, right? Oh, no, no, no. It's improv. We're making it up. So why would you disagree with my idea? So there's no reason to say no. So the yes is acceptance. Ooh, I don't have to like what you're telling me, but I'm going to accept it, right? You might say, Travis, you're the ugliest man on the planet. Yes, I am. And I've won that award for the last 10 years, right? I'm going to take your idea and build off of it. So yes is acceptance. It's agreement, right? The and is my response to it, my collaboration with it. Mm. I'm building off of it, right? So all improv comedy is based off of yes and. We can do anything now because we're doing it together and we're in agreement. And so whatever we find, we find it together and we're going to find a reason why it makes sense. Boom, that's how improv, that's how improv works. Now step off the stage, Tyler, yeah. right? And say like, okay, you'd leave improv class and you're driving home and boom, flat tire, blow a tire on the way home. Well, how do you feel about that? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so you have to say yes and to it, right? Yes, yeah. I've just blown a tire. And what am I going to do about it? Okay, I'm going to call AAA. Okay, I don't have AAA. Oh, I'm going to call my wife to come pick me up. I can't. And, or, um, wait, hey, uh, while I'm waiting for the tow truck, I'm going to um, call my dad who I haven't talked to in a few months. Sure. Or I can be like, I can't believe I got a flat tire. This sucks. It's my wife's fault. Can't believe this. The world <laughs> hates me. Everything always goes wrong. It's sort of your choice. Your choice is, is what you do with it. So in our, in our life, in our personal life, are we saying yes and to everything that's happening to us? Yeah. Right? You don't have to like it, but, but are you accepting it? And once you accept it, what are you doing with it? And so, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like you have zero, right? We go back to the pandemic. You have zero control over what happens to you, zero control over what happens to you. And you have 100% control of how you respond. Yeah. And so, so many of us, myself included, give so much time and energy to what is happening to us instead of focusing our time and energy to how we're going to respond to what is happening to us, which is the only place we have any type of impact or power is yeah. in our response. And so as athletes, athletes get that, right? Hey, we just gave up a goal. Yeah, we just gave up a goal. All right, we can complain, we can point fingers, we can be like, ah, screw it. Well, yeah, yeah, we gave it up. And what are we gonna do about it? Hey, we need to tighten up our marking. Hey, we need to be more aggressive. Hey, we need to wake up, right? Actions, actions. What are we gonna do about it? right? You can call that neutral thinking, right? We yeah. talk about limitless minds, right? Yeah. Tre you know, Trevor Moad, Russell Wilson, they coined this idea of, of neutral thinking. Shift to neutral. From neutral, yeah. it's that yes. Yeah. I'm just in acceptance. This is what's happening, right? right so it's, um, it's accepting what is. I like to say when you're, when you're in that yes and mindset, you're in radical collaboration with reality. Mm, I like that. Yeah, you don't have to like what's going on, but you have to accept it, yes. And now, now I can actually do something about it. You cannot progress until you say yes, right? That's what is denial. Denial is not accepting that what is happening is happening. And so nothing happens. We're just stuck, right? Yeah. Three words for getting unstuck, right? Is the live yes and. You're just stuck until you yes and it. Yeah. So and being stuck doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. Right. But, but most of us agree that while I'm stuck... I'm not climbing out of that hole. So the yes and is what allows us to climb out of that hole and move forward. Love it. Love the improv uh, lesson into to athletics there. 
if uh, you could wave a magic wand and every student athlete and coach wakes up with a, a mental skill tomorrow, uh, what would you want them to wake up with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think s- similarly to what we're talking about, I think I think the mental skill is the ability to uh, just be be engaged in the present moment, mm. right? Being engaged, and, right? It's it's it's, it's what all of, like the, sure. all of my work as a mental coach, right? It's uh, giving people tools to allow themselves to be more present, to be engaged in the present moment. Where is life happening? right now right here and then right now and then right now yeah right here right here and then right here and then now and then now and then now it's not then it's not when right it's 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 not past it's not future well what, what's going to happen if we win that's the future well remember when we lost last week that's the past right well what, what's going to the economy going to do that's the future uh, remember when we lost all our money that's the past right it, it's it's we spend i think the the, the research tyler is that less than 50% of our conscious thought is in the present moment. Yeah. Right. Which means the rest of that time, we're either thinking about what has happened or what could happen, which doesn't allow us to deal with what is happening. Mm. So my job is just to, is just to try to give people tools so that they can come back and re-engage with the present moment as quickly as possible. And it's just a muscle, right? It's an awareness muscle that allows us to notice when we're distracted so that we come back to the present moment, mm. right? So like working with soccer players, right? Especially youth soccer players. I'm like, okay, guys, um, guys, girls, like what are all the different things that are going to distract us in a typical game, typical match? Boom. The parents yelling, our parents, their parents, a bad referee. It's hot on Florida, right? It's like, yeah. it's 90 degrees and humid, right? It's Denver. It's snowing, right? Like um, the field conditions, the, the other team, like what happens if we win? What happens when we lose injuries? Knocks. I, so yeah, like you just list them all. You list them all. Here's all the, dis, here's all the noise. Here's all the distractions. And it's not if, but when it's not, if those things happen, yeah. but when, when they happen, that's what the game is, right? We're overcoming all these different uh, adversity. So the key, and I think this is there's a big, big misconception with, with mental skills and mental toughness and meditation is like, Oh, the key is uh, to not get distracted. It's like, no. It's impossible. Impossible, right? So the key isn't to not get distracted. The game becomes how quickly can we notice we're distracted and so that we can get back to the present moment. So that we can, we, so we can take this pressure off of our shoulders of the goal is not to get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Oh, I'm distracted. Oh, I'm such a loser. I can't believe this. I'm so bad. And now I'm beating myself up. And now I'm more distracted because I'm thinking about the fact that I'm distracted. Right. But take the pressure off that the goal is to not get distracted. No, the game is how quickly do I notice when I am distracted and how do I get back to the present moment? So I, I, I tell these soccer players or any right athlete, when you notice you're distracted. That's the key. When I notice I'm distracted, what helps me get back to the present moment? Ask yourself the question, where's the ball? Where do I need to be? Mm-hmm. Right? Where's the ball? Now I'm paying attention to the present moment. Well, the ball is over here. And now I'm asking myself, well, if the ball is over there, where do I need to be? Oh, I need to make this, I need to move up or I need to push up or I need to drop back or I need to get on my man. So now our focus turns to present action action in the now and another 
way I've heard just less athletic terms, but you know, getting to present is, you know, what do you hear? What do you see? What do you feel? Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think yeah. in that example and the one you just shared, is there another tool like that, that you, whether it's soccer related or anything that helps athletes or people get in the present that I think is besides, I, I think giving coaches and athletes tools besides breath is useful, but I think the actionable steps that, that like your example gave, what are some other tools to kind of help get present that have that actionable? Yeah. And, and again, to, you can use it in the world of sports or you can use it in, in day-to-day life. Right. And so for anyone out there who I, you know, again, what, what happens in sports when we're, when we lose our focus is, you know, we're overthinking. There's too much, too many things we're thinking about instead of what we're doing. Right. So, so I'm a big proponent of, of, of turning again, turning things, turning things into action, making, making the, making the complex simple. Right. So um, again, if uh, a lot of times what I'll do, especially with, with youth players is as they're running out onto the field, right. I'll grab them. Hey, I do this with my son. I was like, Hey, let's say whatever position he's playing. I'll say, Hey, what two, what two actions can you focus on that's going to make you successful? Right. So now instead of thinking about the, the, the what ifs, what actions can you focus on? Winning balls and, um, uh, you know, you know, switching fields, winning balls, switching fields, winning balls. All right. Awesome. Right. Focus on winning balls and switching fields go. And so it, again, it, it's taking the abstract and making it specific action oriented. Yeah. Right. You know, the, again, the misconception with, with mental skills is that oh, elite performers have the ability to think about a lot of things at once and process it and perform at a high level. No, it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Elite performance is the ability to cut through the noise to identify what are the two or three most important things I need to be focusing on and then just focusing on those. Yeah. So we're, t- we're, we're taking the big and we're making it really, really small. Yep. And the way we're able to do that is where, well, well, I have experience as a player. I have experience in this profession. I have experience. Experience has taught me this is the most important things to focus on. Yeah. And so when you combine experience or talent with the ability to focus is where you have optimal performance. Right on. Love it, Travis. On your soccer experience and that continues at, you know, the youth level and the high level. Um, if you could change something about youth soccer in America. Is a there, long list. <laughs> uh, where, where would you start? Yeah. I guess what would be one of the, you know, simple accessible things. Yeah. Well, the, that word accessible, right? I mean, this yeah. is above my pay grade. The first thing to do is, is, is again, whether it's soccer or all sports is from an accessibility standpoint, we need to, we need to make them inclusively accessible to everyone, regardless of your financial situation. Right. Um, so from an accessibility standpoint, like we need to flatten that and it's not a problem we can't figure out. It's yeah. a willingness to do it. Uh, beyond that, I would say, um, and obviously working in new sports, the, th- the thing that you see all the time is, um, is the, the children are not the difficult ones to work with, right? Children are a piece of cake, right? If you're a coach and you've got a child who wants to be there and you're creating a fun environment and you, you, they understand that you care about them, that's a huge piece. They understand that you care about them. 
you're going to get them to do anything. You're going to get them to do anything. They're having fun and you care about me, man, I'll do anything. The, the, the most important piece in that, which becomes the biggest obstacle is just parents. Sure. And, and I'm not, and I'm not going to vilify or demonize parents just because I'm a parent too. And I can, I can quickly shift into, you know, dad mode, which is very sort of, you know, um, maybe, uh, uh not the most, uh, um, uh, open-minded to <laughs> thinking about the big picture, yeah. um, which is, you know, it's so, it's so easy to strip to strip the joy out of the game when, when our, when our focus moves beyond, Hey, this is great. My kid is out there. He's learning, he's growing, he's having fun. And then it turns into, you know, well, how do we get them to the next best team? And how does this lead to a scholarship? And, and, and then just that influence of, you know, when sports, when the intent of sports becomes, there is some sort of end, to the fact that it's just it's just a great thing on its own is is obviously where when you see the numbers the scary numbers of kids dropping out of sports at such a young age it's not it's not because sports aren't fun it's because the environment the environment that they actually train in and play in or the home environment of what of what we are making sports mean has has taken the fun out of it um, you know, I grew up where I played travel soccer growing up, but I use travel lightly. You know, the furthest I maybe traveled for a game when I grew up was two hours, you know, sure. and I was training in season, maybe twice a week for travel. And I was playing school sports and I was playing three sports and I was playing with my buddies in the backyard. And it was this sense of like sports were fun, yeah. period. Sports were fun and we were super competitive. Um and when you try to when you try to professionalize things down to the where, where you strip the fun out of it, it yeah. it just it gets to where we've gotten today. No, I echo and love what you said about creating that environment. If you can create that fun, engaging, caring environment, it's a thriving environment. I don't know what you, you know. Teach some soccer, teach whatever sport, but if you can do that, kids are going to learn and grow. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my youngest is, is 14. He's been playing in the same club for seven years. You know, we're, we're going to go have a different, uh, we're, we're going to go uh, to a different city uh, next year, uh, not because of soccer, but because of family. And so he's going to have a new experience, right? It's like, awesome, new experience. And like my wife and I, our, our, our goal, our motivation with, with him and, and sports and with all of our kids is, um, uh, does he enjoy it? Does he enjoy that from a team? I don't care what team he's on, but is he enjoying it? And is his, is his coach a good role model? Like, that's it. That's yeah. it. Every, everything after that is just bonus, but sure. is he, is he enjoying himself? And is the coach a good role model? Because man, the, the examples I see where I'm like, how, what kind of mental gymnastics are these parents doing to justify the fact that, yeah, this is still the best place for my kid when you see the antics of the coach and what's coming out of that coach's mouth. And I'm like, well, what kind of mental justification are you doing to justify like, yeah, but I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's a bridge too far. Yeah, you can do a whole nother podcast, I think, on some yes. of those juxtapositions of uh, yeah. of the the those. But uh, 
we, you mentioned earlier limitless minds you are what they call a room tilter we talked about some <laughs> mutual connections but what's a room tilter and share with our guests just a little bit what limitless minds is doing yeah so so limitless minds is you know uh, a good friend of mine trevor moad who was considered one of the best mental coaches in the world um you know university of alabama's football team for 10 years you know university of georgia kirby smart Maria Sharapova's mental coach, Russell Wilson's mental coach, just, he's just, he was just one of the best in the business. He passed away, uh, sadly, tragically, this past fall from cancer. Um, uh, but uh, before doing so, going back about, you know, three, four or five years ago, um, I was, you know, working with him and had a relationship when we were doing things together when, when he and Russell Wilson decided to create Limitless Minds. And uh, uh, with the two other people, DJ Eitzen, and then Russell's brother, Harrison Wilson, the four of them created Limitless Minds. I just happened to be close by when it happened. So they were able to you know, bring me in and be a part of the team as the room tilter. And so Limitless Minds is really, it's really kind of a, 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 a mindset lifestyle company that it's not so much actually going after the, the sports world, but it's mm-hmm. about using the principles of, of high performance from sports in the, in the corporate world, uh, as well as in the you know, our individual day-to-day lives. And so, so using these tools, using these mindset tools and how they lead to not only high performance, but for me, what's really important in that is, um, is purpose-driven, heart-driven, um, that is consistent with, with, with your performance. And so, um, so I'm a room tilter. I didn't come up with that term. It's a great term. I didn't, I didn't I like- come up with it, which just means um, we have a team of room tilters because, you know, when that person steps into the room, the room tilts. And so, um, it, it, and, and that's what we try to do with Limitless Minds. We're trying to tilt rooms. We're trying to tilt mindsets and, and using these concepts such as neutral thinking that we were talking about um, and non-negativity and uh, uh, all these principles that have proven to lead to high athletic performance, but it's, it's no difference. And Trevor was using these same principles as he was battling cancer. Um, his, his newest book is shifting to neutral, uh, getting to neutral. Thank you. Wow. Shifting to neutral. We talk about shifting is getting to neutral, (laughs) which is him, him. The first book was it takes what it takes and not knowing that the book that he wrote was going to be the next book was going to be how he was, um, applying those principles to his own life. Yeah. I, uh, just finished getting to neutral. So check that book out. Yeah. Um, we were blessed. He was uh, one of my earliest guests on this podcast. Oh, fantastic. Um, and I guess it, in having you on here and keeping the stories of Trevor alive, is there a, a good story that you remember, Trevor, you want to close this, close this <laughs> with? So, so. Uh, oh, good. A good Trevor, a good Trevor story. Oh, man. Um, that I can share. Uh, that's, that, that, that's, that's the important part. You know, um, yeah, the, the thing, the thing about Trevor is, is it's so funny. He, the reason we met is that we weren't at IMG at the same time. He left IMG by the time that I got there. And so I, I, I was, I was gone. I left IMG and he called me and, you know, Trevor's like, Hey man, Trevor, Travis. Hey. And he was just like, he was a very, he was a very direct guy. And, um, he brought me out to, to do a, uh, a talk with him. We were talking to the UCLA uh, surgical resident, you know, students who were already in residency. So we were doing the mindset and communication piece with them. Um, but what I remember most about Trevor is that, you know, that was our first introduction to one another. And as, as I got talking about yes, and, and this was at the beginning as he was, 
really putting the scaffolding around the concept of neutral thinking. Mm. And he was really, really getting a clear sense of it. And I was saying, yeah, well, Trevor, that's like, yes. And we're saying this. And he's like, we're, and it was like, yes. Oh, these are two puzzle pieces that fit really perfectly together. And, and um, which always made me working with him and limitless minds really kind of a natural fit. Um, but the thing that stands out, you know, to, to me about, about Trevor was just um, his relentlessness his, I, I can't, I can't even fathom. He was just one plane to the next plane from one team to another team. And while he's doing that, he's creating videos for, and his level of, um, of selflessness to, to everyone that he was trying to help was just phenomenal. And it's incomprehensible as, as, as I try to do a fraction of that in my own life. Um, But, you know, at Limitless Minds, we're, we're grateful and we see it as, a huge opportunity to now take the torch that he helped create and to, to take that torch and, and share that, share that with the world in a way that truly impacts people's lives. And I think his legacy uh, for a life cut short, his legacy is going to be seen well beyond his human years. And uh, that's something that we're excited about. Thank you for listening. If something caught your ear as useful or unique this episode, we would love your help spreading the Elevate message. You can find me on Instagram at Elevate Educate Rejuvenate. That's with the numeral instead of the A-T-E. Thank you again. And if I can help you with anything, please reach out. And don't forget, go elevate others.